Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are pleased to use your word to honor yourself, to glorify yourself through your word. We ask that uh, you would be pleased to do that again here this morning. Heavenly Father, so work that uh, you are praised. You are the one who gets the honor. And we pray to you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our verses from 1 Corinthians 3 have to do with the building of the local church. The local church is important to our God. 1 Corinthians 3 tells us that it is the temple of God. 1 Timothy 3 says that it is the household of God. Again, the local church is important to our God. And it should be important to us, too. All believers should not only be members of a local church, they should also love pray for, and be active in their local church. Today, from 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 23, we are going to notice four elements in the building of the local church. The right foundation, the right material, the right attitude, and the right motive. Perhaps you have heard our passage explained in the past that it describes the building of the Christian life. While that may be an application of our passage, I believe that is not the contextual explanation of our passage. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 23, has to do with the building of the local church. Here is our first element in the building of the local church, in the building of Trinity Presbyterian Church. We must build on the right foundation. And the right foundation is Jesus Christ. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. The beginning of verse 10 reads, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And then verse 11 says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. When the Apostle Paul went to Corinth to begin the building of a church in that city, 
he was determined to lay the right foundation. He was determined to lay the proper one and the only one that would last. He therefore resolved, we read in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, to know nothing while he was in Corinth except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He preached and taught the Lord Jesus. We must build on the right foundation, and the right foundation is Jesus Christ. A fellow pastor has written, in more than 30 years of ministry, I have seen churches try to build on famous preachers. Let me pause here. A friend of mine once told me about a church in Florida that was dying. And one of the things the church did to deal with her situation was she hired a well-known preacher. Every weekend, she would fly in this well-known preacher. Going back to our quote, in more than 30 years of ministry, I have seen churches try to build on famous preachers or a special method, but these ministries simply did not last. He goes on, a ministry may seem to be successful for a time, but if it is not founded on Christ, it will eventually collapse and disappear. The Corinthian believers, you may recall, eventually wanted to build on a personality. Some Corinthians wanted to build on Paul, others on Apollos, and still others on Peter. But Paul reminded them that there is only one right and lasting foundation for a local church. Verse 11, no one can lay any foundation other than Jesus Christ. From the pulpit, in our Sunday school classes, in our small groups, in our conversations with those outside the church. We want to be speaking of Christ. We want to be about the Lord Jesus as a church. So let's pray and make sure that we here at Trinity Church have the right foundation. Let's pray and make sure that we are proclaiming the Lord Jesus, the gospel of the Lord Jesus. In Matthew 16, after Peter said about Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus went on to speak these words to Peter. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, 
There are those who think that the rock or foundation to which Jesus is referring here is himself. The rock is the Lord Jesus, who is the Christ, the son of the living God. I'll let you decide the correct understanding of Matthew 16. But that is what Paul is saying to us in 1 Corinthians 3. No one can lay any foundation other than Jesus Christ. In the erecting of a building, the foundation is the most important part of the building because it determines the strength of the structure. Once again, let's pray and make sure that we are proclaiming the Lord Jesus, the truths of the Lord Jesus. And let's make sure that we have the Lord Jesus in our individual lives. That our personal foundation is Jesus Christ. Our second element in the building of the local church is we must build with the right material. And the right material is the word of God. The end of verse 10 reads, but each one should be careful how he builds. And then verses 12 and 13 say, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Paul here describes two opposite kinds of materials for the building of the local church. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, what does Paul want to symbolize by his choice of these materials? I think he is saying, at least most of all, we are to build the local church using the wisdom of the word of God and not the wisdom of man. In the beginning of chapter 3, Paul speaks of the importance of the word of God as food for the believer. Also in chapter 3, Paul speaks of the importance of the word of God as seed for the harvest. Now Paul speaks of the importance of the word of God as the right material for erecting a building, for erecting the local church. Gold, silver, costly stones are the truths of the word of God. Wood, hay, straw are the thoughts, the opinions, the ideas of man. 
We are to use the word of God, not the ideas of man in erecting the local church. The foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. The material for the structure of the local church is the wisdom of the word of God, particularly the word of, of God about Jesus Christ. In Paul's day and earlier, valuable metals and precious stones were used to adorn the temple in Jerusalem. God's churches are to have gold, silver, costly stones, the pure doctrines of the word of God. They are not to have wood, hay, straw, the thoughts and teachings of the mind of man. Verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. I'm going to read just a few verses. I'll start with verse 1. As I do, I want you to notice what we read here about the importance of God's wisdom. What we read here, once again, about the value, how valuable God's wisdom is, the importance of God's wisdom. Proverbs 2, starting with verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In the building of the local church, we must build with the right material. And the right material is the word of God. Chuck Colson is the founder of Prison Fellowship. Uh, Chuck Colson is with the Lord now in heaven, but when he was here, when he was with us, he founded a ministry to prisoners, and this ministry grew throughout the United States. Many prisons were taken in by this prison fellowship ministry. There, I have read, was a, a prison in Houston, Texas, where the word of God went in through prison fellowship. And the word of God ran throughout the prison. The word of God became very fruitful Many conversions took place. In fact, it was said about that prison that it became more like a church than a prison. 
something to that effect. It became more like a church than a prison. An inmate wrote a letter asking for his parole hearing to not come up, to be postponed, to be put off, so he could continue in a Bible study that was being held at the prison. The Word of God. The Word of God running forth. The Word of God capturing the hearts of people. Built the people in this prison into something like a church. And in the building of a local church, the right material is the Word of God. So from the pulpit, in our Sunday school classes, in our small groups, in our conversations with those outside the church, we are to be communicating the wisdom of the Word of God. And we are also to make sure that we have personally this wisdom of the Word of God in our lives. The church, our lives, foundation, the Lord Jesus, the structure brought about by the Word of God. The third element this morning in the building of the local church is we must build with the right attitude. We must have the right spirit. I think the first two points, uh, I, th I think those first two points didn't take too many of you by surprise. But maybe, just maybe this third point is something that uh, you would not have put down on paper if I would have asked you, tell me about the building of a local church. What's, what's important? Once again, the third element, we must build with the right attitude. We must have the right spirit. And the right attitude is reverence for God and for his church. Look with me at verses 16 and 17 of 1 Corinthians 3. You won't find the word reverence, but you'll see it there. Don't you know, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, to the church, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. A right heart attitude, and the right heart attitude is reverence for God and for his church. What happens if we do not have this reverence? Well, the Corinthian Christians were bringing about factions. They were bringing about divisions in the church at Corinth. They were splitting apart their local fellowship into various groups. Paul writes to them and says, you are destroying God's temple. You are bringing down God's church. They were because their attitude was wrong. They were not fearing God and revering his dwelling place. 
Paul, by the way, also says to them, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Dr. Tony Evans, pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, has said, I don't want to shock you, but you need to know that some Christians think their calling is to make you spiritually miserable. They aren't going anywhere spiritually, and they want company. I don't want to shock you, but you need to know that there are some who think their calling is to be disrespectful of the church, to knock the church, to down the church. They rarely have a kind word to say about the church, and they don't mind blasting away at the church. My friends, it's a serious thing to do that concerning God's local church. For God's local church is his dwelling place. You might not feel it, but God dwells here at Trinity Presbyterian Church. This is one of his houses, and God calls us to revere him and his house. Let me give you an illustration of this reverence that we're talking about. If you will, turn to Psalm 84. We're going to uh, use the sons of Korah as uh, an illustration. Psalm 84, I'll read verses 1, 2, and 4. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. What is your attitude to the local church? Are you respectful? Are you reverent? Are you joyful? Are you loving? Are you committed? Or are you disrespectful? It's not that important. You're not committed. Timothy Dwight, the grandson of Jonathan Edwards. Let me take a moment here to tell you about Timothy Dwight. At the age of six, he was able to read Latin. At the age of 17, he graduated from Yale. At the age of 19, he was teaching at Yale. At the age of 25, his students so liked him and appreciated him that they wanted to petition for him to be the president. He told them not to. He instead went as a chaplain in the Continental Army. And after that, he became a pastor 
of a church in Connecticut, and then he became the president of Yale. When he became the president of Yale, there were probably no more than five students who professed faith in Christ. But Timothy Dwight knew the Lord, loved the Lord, brought the word of God to Yale, and a revival, an awakening took place. And it was during that awakening that he wrote the words to this hymn about himself and the church. I love thy kingdom, Lord, the house of thine abode, the church, our blessed Redeemer, saved with his own precious blood. For her, my tears shall fall. For her, my prayers ascend. To her, my cares and toils be given till toils and cares shall end. The right attitude of love and reverence. Our last element this morning in the building of the local church is we must build with the right motive. And the right motive is the glory of God. In London, England, there is a beautiful cathedral named St. Paul's Cathedral. The building dates back to the late 17th century, and it's actually positioned on the highest point in all of London, the highest point. There sits St. Paul's Cathedral. Once, during a tour of it, a tourist asked the guide, why was this cathedral constructed? The guide was speechless at first. She had probably never been asked that question before. But then she smiled and said, why to the glory of God. In the building of each local church, the motive is to be the glory of God. Tell me about your church, the glory of God. Look at the beginning of verse 21 of our text of 1 Corinthians 3. A context, uh, the Christians in Corinth were centering on Paul and uh, Apollos and Peter. Uh, Paul and Apollos and Peter were being talked about, being exalted. The words we find here, however, in verse 21 are as follows. So then, no more boasting about men. Paul, Apollos, Peter are not to be what the church is all about in Corinth. They are not to be the motive. The church at Corinth, as with any local church, is to be about the Lord God, the glory of God, the glory of God, the Lord God being revealed in his magnificence, the Lord God being praised for his magnificence, the Lord God being followed in his magnificence. The church, your family, your calling, 
your individual life, the glory of God, the glory of God. God created for his glory. He sustains for his glory. Three times in Ephesians 1, Paul reminds us that God's great work of salvation is to the praise of his glory. All that God does is for his glory, and all that we do is to be for the glory of God. That's our perspective. May Jesus Christ be praised. In finishing out this point, I want you to look for a moment at your personal life, at your individual life instead of our church. We've been talking about the church, the local church, this local church, but uh, for a moment, uh, look at your personal life. Can you say about your life, the glory of God. May Jesus Christ be praised. One day, you will stand before the Lord Jesus. Will it be true of you that you have lived and served to the glory of God? Will Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, be able to be written across your life, for to me, to live is Christ. The glory of God, as far as your life goes. From 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we have looked at four elements in the building of the local church. We remind ourselves, first of all, that uh, this is God's temple. This is God's dwelling place. We do come into the presence of God when we gather as a church. And we must build on the right foundation, Jesus Christ, with the right material, the word of God, having the right attitude, reverence for God and his house. And we must make sure that the right motive is present the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, help us to uh, profit. Please help us to profit from this message. Help us to profit in reference to understanding our local church and uh, being more given over to our local church for your glory. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, be pleased to take this message from your word and, and bring it into this church uh, for your greater honor. In Jesus' name, we come to you and pray. Amen.